I'm Kevin Bachman. On this episode of Background Check Radio, I'll tell you why caring too much for your clients can push a lot of them away. Stick around. Today, we're going to discuss just why on earth I think it's sometimes a bad idea to care too much about your clients. I imagine you're listening right now saying, Kevin, what are you talking about? How can you care too much? Well, there's two key reasons that we'll talk about today. And and yeah, it's surprising. In fact, if you know me, you know I love clients. I even own a few love-related URLs, loveyourclients.com, amaze your clients, delight your clients. I, I truly believe from the bottom of my heart that our role as service providers is to solve our clients' problems and be an indispensable part of their organization. Those who may see me as an operations-focused executive should know that it's, it's because I view that as the vehicle from which to deliver my vision of service, my passionate approach to making clients happy. And it's from that vantage point I want to talk about what otherwise seems to be a really counterintuitive claim here. A common mistake is CRAs care too much, and it's reflective in adding a bunch of process steps, which adds time, cost, friction to the client and the applicant experience. So we're going to spend a chunk of time today talking about the difference between caring too much about what you do and not necessarily what your clients care about. So that's the first reason. You know, picture it. It's, It's 2021. We're sitting down with one of our best clients, probably virtually for now, for their annual or twice a year account review. You're you're running through your presentation, hit rates, turnaround times, compliance solutions, industry insights, chatter from the lawyers in our space. And then your client says, yeah, that's all nice, but the, the reports take too long. Price is too high. My recruiters have to work too hard. And that hits you upside the head like a sack of potatoes. After all, this is one of your clients you care the most about, you try the hardest for. And, and although you're surprised, you collect yourself in trying to address that feedback, hoping to convince your client why, the reasons behind what you do, and why, why you're trying so hard and love them so much. So for us listening, let's put on our screening hats and, and walk through those three objections the client laid out using the logic that we think places us on the right side of that argument. You know, we think that if we can only educate our clients more, that they'll love us as much as we love them. So here goes. Let's try. First negative comment. The reports take too long. And then we say, well, we look at every jurisdiction and provide every reportable offense regardless of age. The second comment. Price is too high. We say, well, this is a reasonable cost associated with with doing that level of criminal record research and your verifications. And by the way, our verification standards are to call, text, and email every employer every day for five days. So based on what we do and the intel we have in the market, that price really isn't that out of line. And finally, my recruiters work too hard. They're, they're too involved in the process. And then we say, well, for every social or MVR that doesn't trace, we'll call our clients to reconfirm the number. And for each employer we can't get a hold of, we'll call our clients and ask them for additional information and, and how they'd like to proceed. And, and for you guys, that happens about 15% of the time. What would happen if we didn't do that? So that's our response. But if we look closely at those three responses, you'll notice none of those responses were tied back to a client ask. And in fact, the feedback was aimed squarely at something we thought was right. It it was a statement of operational processes, the choices we've made on how to run our businesses. But 
Let's re-examine those three complaints, this time aligning it with what a client says they want. The first one, reports take too long. Remember, we said we're reporting every record, convictions and non-convictions, that's permissible. You're, you're, you're emailing, texting, and calling that employment verification for five days because you care so much. You want to grab that five-year-old adjudication withheld, and you, you just need a few extra days to get the case filed and to confirm it. You need to complete that fifth place the applicant worked at four years ago, and all you need is the manager to return from vacation next week. You care so much, but the client doesn't. Broadly speaking, they told, they'll tell you, only felony convictions are barriers to employment, and they don't need you to verify that fifth employer 15 different times, three times a day over five days. If you get it in a few days, great. If you can't, that's okay. I can't wait that long. So that was number one. Number two, it costs too much. While your margins are in line with others in the industry relative to the standards we just outlined, but it's the processes that are driving up the costs, and with it, your prices. But your client didn't ask for that stuff. It's understandable they're a little salty about paying for it. And finally, number three, uh, the recruiters have to work too hard. Do they need a re-verification of an MVR or a social each time? If you asked, the recruiters would tell you they don't have access to any new information than you do. 99% of the time when you reconfirm, it's the same number they originally provided. Yeah, 1% of the time it changes. Is that worth it? For the other 99%, playing two days of phone tag, extending turnaround time for two days because the screen's just sitting there not getting worked on, waiting for the recruiter to reconfirm? No, not for them it isn't. So if we step back and look at what we're doing, we're doing all these extra things under the umbrella of caring. We care so much we forgot or never thought about asking clients if they want any of these things. You know, in our bones, we feel these are the right things for our clients, but we don't stop and ask whether it's something they want. Because if we truly loved our clients, we'd do more asking and less explaining. Many of you know I was a journalist before getting into this business. And, and I'll tell you, the greatest skill I ever learned was the ability to ask questions. What, dear employer, do you really want out of your screening program? What do you need to be successful? So now we'll pivot to the second reason. And, and it won't take me as long to walk through it. You know, for those clients that loved all that extra stuff we just described, the bells and whistles we mentioned, those operational processes, the quadruple checks, the extended turnaround times, do it, rock it, love it. But most of our clients don't, which is why so many of us are in such a pickle. You know, it's ironic and it, it's sad because I, I don't get calls from CRA owners telling me they want to improve their business because their support team is indifferent to their clients and they want that problem fixed. I get calls where a business owner says they want to improve their business and can't understand why their support team that constantly runs through walls keeps losing business to shops that may have a reputation for subpar or mediocre supporter processes. You know, when, when those things happen, right, everyone starts playing the guessing game. Well, they left over price, the account manager said. They left over technology, the integrations manager says. They left for fill in the blank, says the product manager. But do you know why they really left you? It's because we're not meeting clients where they are. Now, this isn't an argument to race to the bottom on price accuracy process. That's not what I'm saying. 
What I'm saying is, and it's a message I repeat at every conference or webinar when, where we discuss this intersection of client support and operational standards. If your clients don't recognize, want, use, or reward you for something you're doing, and if it went away, you or your client are at no greater compliance or litigation risk, don't do it. It's simply not necessary. And the byproducts of these processes that we think we need to do because we love our clients so much, if they don't recognize, want, reward, or use it, the risk is client churn. Why would clients stick around and pay extra for something or tolerate additional delays for reasons that don't matter to them? You wouldn't, and they won't either. So the biggest mistake I see on this issue is we treat 100% of our clients like they want 100% of the things we offer and like doing it the way we do it instead of meeting them where, where they are. Want to know the best way to care for clients? Care for them at the exact same rate, maybe a little more, but care for them at the rate they want us to because not everyone wants the same things. It's a mistake to lump them all in one basket. So close your eyes with me. Take a step back and look at your client base. You have clients that chose you for probably one of three reasons. Okay, the first bucket. You have clients who chose you because, yeah, you as a provider mirror what they want. It's the perfect fit. They love all of those extra things you do. And that's maybe a third of your client base. Another third chose you because they thought you'd do a good job. They see you doing a good job. They're not particularly dialed into the process and they don't intend to leave, but someone comes along with the Godfather offer, yeah, they'll listen and, and, and they, they're likely to bounce. That final third bucket, man, they found you on the Google machine or got your card at a trade show or inherited you from the last provider or the, excuse me, the last HR manager. They don't know you run through walls for them. They don't care you go to every PBSA show and hang on every word and attend every session trying to be the best provider in your space. They'll leave you in a second if and when what you offer doesn't match what they need. They're not complainers. They're not bad people. They're not looking for substandard background checks. They're just going to bail when they're not getting what they want. It's that second and third group you have to worry about. And the extent to which we overcare about these groups is what presents the risk of losing clients in the first bucket. Remember that feedback. Process takes too long. It costs too much. We have to work too hard. And, and it's that you know I want to specifically address. I'm, I'm not saying fastest and cheapest is the best way to build an empire. Remember, that client isn't specifically asking for super cheap, super fast. If they did, and that's not your MO as a provider, you filter that out during the sales process. These are real companies that just want real screens, just maybe not the exact way you're doing it. So when we spend all that time, money, energy on the second and third bucket over caring, those people who chose you because they like you, but they, or you know, that first bucket, they like you, you know, those are the ones that we want to be with. That's where we want to, we want to throw our attention at second and third bucket you know who just aren't that dialed in or who chose you off the google machine to them you're just a vendor that's that's where the, where it creates a gap at the top so what's my recommendation focus on that first bucket the ones who want you to love them the ones who want you to run through that brick wall if you're trying to do that for all three buckets instead of concentrating it on the first
you're you're not doing enough for the first and you're over serving without seeing any benefit buckets number two and three by trying to show everyone how much you care you're ironically showing none of them how much you care we have to be different things for different employers because we can't treat all three buckets the same so it's that realization that clients don't always want the same kind of relationship with us that we want with them that really opens the doors and, and expands the bank accounts of CRAs that adopt these ideas. That one of the most important things we can do is to find out what they really want. If a client wants the bucket number two experience, the bucket number three experience, great. Now we know we've realigned accordingly and ironically we can serve them better. And you know what happens? Now we've created more internal capacity without increasing expenses to deliver bucket one what they want. We pull back on two, we pull back on three, the remainder goes to one. The clients with the most profits, probably the most revenue, the ones who keep the lights open. And our support staff now gets to see the results of clients who truly want and love and value it. They're not burned out or over time becoming resentful and judgmental of your clients. Because after all, most of your clients don't want that. So a common trap we fall into, we fall into the trap of thinking good work is good enough. And I'm here to tell you, it's not us that defines good work, it's our clients. So when we think something's amazing, if it doesn't help our clients achieve their goals, if it doesn't align with their expectations, is it good work? Remember, they're in charge, not us. Care less, ask more. Or better yet, care enough to ask. That's how you build an empire. I'm Kevin Bachman. Thanks for listening to Background Check Radio. Have a great day.